Internet Traffic Jam, episode 393. Hi, my name is Vince Reed, lead generation expert, speaker, and coach. And if you want to learn how to generate targeted leads for your business using pay-per-click marketing on a mastery level, stay tuned because I'm going to show you how. Welcome to the Battlezone edition of Internet Traffic Jam. Vince Reed here, and what you're about to listen to is a mastermind that I had with Michael O'Neill. Michael O'Neill is the founder of the Solopreneur Podcast, which interviews celebrities and entrepreneurs such as Charles Barkley, James Altucher, and Jack Canfield. Mike and I have been friends for quite a while, as you will soon hear as you listen to us battle and go one-on-one in the battle zone. So sit back and enjoy the one and only Michael O'Neill. All right, I am live. It is battle mastermind time, and I am on the line with my friend, my cornhole partner. We are the champions. We'll talk a little bit about that here in a second. Uh, The creator and founder of the Solopreneur Hour, the one and only Mr. Michael O'Neill. What's going on, brother? What's up, Vince? By the way, I think you need to clarify for those of people that don't know what cornhole is. It's a game, and you play it with bean bags, and you throw the bags into the the. And we board. destroyed JLD and Vinny, my business partner. Literally destroyed them. And with, a, with a with a with a walk off. Yes. Win. With a walk off win, and you know, I, honestly, JLD, if you're watching, he actually sent me a text message and was still bitter, and he wants a rematch. By the way, I'm I'm certain. That he was <laughs> and I'm certain that so, he wants to rematch. He, he, hey, no one hate, he, I never knew there was a person that hated losing more than me until we beat up on JLD. I Portland. don't know if I've ever met anybody that likes losing more than or less yeah. than JLD. So yeah, that's true. Good. What's up, awesome, man? Brother. How are you? So I'm doing awesome. So welcome to the battle zone. I know we're boys, we're friends, but I'm not gonna take it easy on you. No holds barred. All right. Some people make it out alive, but I can't guarantee you anything. I didn't know so, that you, we were gonna fight, but that's cool. <laughs> So tell me the uh, Cliff Note version of your story. How'd you get to be so awesome? Um, just in general, uh, just porn awesome. No, um, <laughs> I went from uh, <coughs> sorry, I went from uh, web guy, designer guy, branding guy, to having horrible personal tragedy when I lost both my parents very quickly, and and I ended up really losing everything. And that was around 2008 or so. And, um, and then in 2009, I, I kind of said, uh, I'm starting over again. I don't ever wa- want to work a dollar for an hour. And um, I went to Europe for four months and I spread their ashes all over uh, Europe because I always wanted to take them there. And I came back and I said, now what? And then I just started saying yes to things. And what I mean by that is I've now interviewed Gosh, today was episode 636, so um, well over 600 times, well, 600 people. And the common theme between them is that they say yes first and then figure out the details later, whereas most average people would say, I don't know, maybe, and then figure out 10 reasons why they couldn't do something. So for me, that next four years was a lot of yes, and I didn't know that at the time. I just, for me, it was like my mom had passed away so suddenly that it really affected me in terms of how I, how I interpreted uh, situations and opportunities. So instead of just being like, mm, I'm not sure, I'd be like, yeah, totally, because I might get hit by a blimp tomorrow, and then why wouldn't I have done it? So I started saying yes to things, and that evolved into me learning about um, internet marketing a lot. And then 
I knew so much about social media from my web background and so much about psychology that I ended up getting into a network marketing company and doing so well at it because I understood how sales worked. I understood that it was really like that, you know, the scene in Harry Met Sally when she gives the big fake performance and then at the end of the scene, the, one, the woman says, I'll have what she's having. And I was like, that's how social media should work for sales is I'll have what she's having. And I started training around that for a few years and I trained all these different network marketing companies, including the one that I was in. And that was what exposed me to kind of the training teaching world. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty, you know, pretty happy about this. And I really like this world. Um, and then one of the guys uh, from that company said, hey, you had a YouTube question for me. And I said, you know, we should think about growing your brand. And he goes, how do we do that? And I said, well, what about a, a podcast? And he said, what's a podcast? And I said, well, let's, I'll show you. And so I created this brand called The Kick-Ass Life with David Wood. We launched the show. It became super popular. And um, that got me into the podcast world. And then 18 months later, he was climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. He couldn't do a show. I jumped on for 45 minutes and did a show. And I was like, oh, that was super fun. And then a bunch of emails came in and said, you should do that. That should be a thing you do. And then I had a lunch with Pat Flynn. We had a great conversation. I was like, that's the kind of show that I want to do. And then I launched in August of 2013. That was almost 10 million downloads ago. So there you wow. go. There's close notes. That's amazing, man. And, and I think I know the best episode you ever did. 429. 429. Yes. <laughs> 429. Just a wanted to say. huge margin. Of, <laughs> it was like that one and then all the rest. Yes, absolutely. By the way, guys, that's my podcast episode. Which Indeed. Is so had so much fun. So make sure you guys check it out. And make sure you guys definitely download the Solopreneur Hour podcast with my man Mike. Agreed. Awesome. So enough friendly stuff, dude. All right. I'm let's get into it. Battle, throw it at me, kid. All right, cool. So, you know, I have here Charles Charles Barkley, James Altucher, Jack Canfield. The list goes on and on and on. What are some tangible tactics, strategies, things that a person can implement right now? that you've taken from some of your guests from your podcast? Well, the yes thing was the, the first. The yes thing is, is a, a huge game changer. Um, I personally believe that if somebody, that we are 100% responsible for our own happiness. And again, I think a lot of those people feel the same way. If you talk to Jack Canfield about why or why you're not happy, he'll be like, well, here's, here's why. And here's how you interpret that situation. So I think that they all kind of believe in that thing where, you know, uh, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it. Um, and you can see that. You can, uh, a perfect example of that right this second is there's a guy that's been really inspirational to me. His name is Scotty Cranmer. He's a BMX guy. I, I, was, I grew up a BMX kid. And just over the last few months, I started riding again. And I discovered this dude's YouTube channel unbelievable rider, amazing rider. Well, a year ago, he crashed and he broke two bones in his neck and it left him paralyzed. And he's a world-class, literally probably the best in the world of, or one of the best in the world. And this last, <clears throat> this last year of his YouTube channel has been him recovering from this uh, event. And now he's on his bike again. He's riding wow. around. He's not great, but he's riding. And he's, his mindset is so unbelievably positive and every time I watch him, I go, man, I can't believe he stays this positive about everything. So I think almost universally between everybody that I've interviewed that is really successful, they have this mindset of, of course, things are going to happen, but I'm going to respond to it in this way. And they've decided 
that that way is going to be positive and a, a great outlook and they don't let it phase them too much. And I think if there's one thing you can take from that, that's what it is. Wow. So it's just a mindset, just making that decision and just going, going forward and doing it, huh? And I, I mean, that may not be as tactical as you wanted, but, but I can oh, say is. that from a 20,000 foot view, just being able to have a, you know, and not like what's the silver lining here, but just going, look, this is what this is. This is what this journey is. You're not, this doesn't go without bumps. It's not like a smoothly paved road. It's just like, all right, here's my cards. Now I'm going to play them how they are. And then you, by the way, you might get some great cards tomorrow, but right now, if they're not that great, then you, you know, you, you deal. Awesome. So, I mean, obviously you've interviewed some amazing individuals, 9 million downloads, you know, from your podcast, that means your message and your voice is getting out there. And for me, I mean, I do these podcasts, these battle mastermind interviews, because one, I get to hang out with my friends and, and uh, talk business. It gives us a, a chance to kind of break away and get 30 minutes of uh, each other's time when we're all busy. So I haven't really thought about monetizing a podcast. So I was reading up on you and I know that you've been able to monetize your podcast, you know, in a six month period or in six figures. Um, how, what would you tell someone who's trying to start a podcast? How, what are some basic steps they can do to monetize? I would, I would tell them that they're, they're barking up the wrong tree. Honestly, if you start a podcast thinking, oh, I'm going to monetize this, then this is not, this is so not I'm doing, your game. So, I'm do, so you're telling me I'm doing it right. So just by, cause that's, yes. I, okay. You're doing it right by like, I'm going to have good conversations and I'm going to create a good entertaining product. That's all you want to think about. I, I think <laughs> people forget that podcasting is not different than any other kind of media, whether it's radio or television or film, you're either going to have a hit or you're not going to have a hit. It's either going to be popular with a certain group, like think of star Wars, right? And maybe that's, maybe that's a bad example because it is a big movie, but there are movies that are like, what was that called? Donnie Darko, right? For example, super niche audience that likes that movie and they watch it over and over and over. Princess Bride, same kind of thing. But podcasting isn't the kind of thing where you can walk into a guy. I'm going to start the show, bang out an audience, start my mastermind a month and a half later. And then like, it just doesn't go that way because people, you don't, you just literally don't know if your show is going to be a hit or not. You don't know if the, and I'm very passionate about people being good podcast hosts because I think that's just something that's been skipped. Everyone's like, oh, just start a podcast and here's how you do it. You have a phone, you have a microphone, you do this and boom, you have a podcast. But no one ever trains the hosts, which is why I started, I have a course called The Art of the Interview. And I'm like, you have to get better at being a host so that people will listen and be entertained so they will join your tribe. So they will, so the people on your show will recommend you to more of their friends, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so what I would say is, I was able to monetize this show quickly because the timing was right on it. Now, I don't know if it would be very easy to monetize sort of an entrepreneurial show now, but I launched another show and I will say that if you launch a very niche based show, that there's a lot of opportunity. And I'll give you two examples of types of niche based shows. Is that okay? Are we good on time Absolutely. For that? Yeah, go ahead, man. One is a location-based show. So I have two, uh, two of my coaching clients. One of them is in New Orleans, and the other one is in um, Salt Lake City. And they each have podcasts that are based on those cities. Well, when you do a show that's about a particular city, the world is your oyster. You can walk around to every single hotel, every single restaurant, and say, look, I've got this podcast. I've got you know, 2,000 earballs listening to this show every episode. Um, you know, what's that worth to you? Can we do a little partnership together? 
in my case, I really nerd out about high-end audio gear. Like if you want to listen to your favorite artist, you know, in their most recent album, whatever, I have fancy gear to listen to that on. That's what I like. And so I launched, but it's, it's crazily, stupidly expensive when you don't know anything about that world. I'm talking quarter of a million dollar, $500,000 stereo systems. I mean, you're like, what are you talking about? So it's not very friendly to a beginner who doesn't know all the tech and the jargon and what to get. So I started a show called Beginner Audiophile. And I'm literally the only one in the space doing it. Well, it became a, I, I don't want to say a huge hit because it's not, but I'm getting probably 25-ish hundred downloads per episode. I'm only doing two episodes a month, but I've managed to monetize that show to about 50K a year now because that is, that is so niche. And there's companies out there that want my listeners. If I can say, look, I can put you in front of 2,500 people that are literally your exact target demographic. Is that worth 500 bucks a month or a thousand bucks a month to be in front of them? They go, totally. It totally is. So that's kind of where it's, it's been, <laughs> excuse me, where it's been. Um, but I don't, I think it's really hard to do it unless you have a, a niche like that. Man, um, I'll be honest with you. I've heard, I don't want to go ahead, keep going. But I'm I was going to give you, stuff. I was going to give you two or three examples of how you might monetize that are outside okay. of advertising. Go ahead. So advertising is one thing. That, that's something that I just spoke about. But with the solopreneur hour, I got so many, um, dude, it was like one of those things where, you know, maybe there's a moment in your life where you'd been in the internet marketing game for a couple of years. You're just grinding. You're learning as much as you can. You're, you're making your money. You've got clients. You're doing your thing. And then somebody asks you, sitting at a bar, and somebody asks you about what you do. And all of a sudden, a half hour goes by. And you look back and go, wow, I can't believe I know that much about this thing, right? And that's what happened to me with, uh, with the solopreneur hour is that people started asking me, like I would speak on the, uh, on my microphone and we, you, you know, you speak in this nothing. I'm looking at a wall right now. Mm -hmm. And then all these people would write and go, Hey, do you coach any of this stuff? And I was like, no, I don't, you know, cause I'm like, what do I know? And then after the 40th email, I was like, yeah, of course I coach on this stuff, you know? And so I started a group called solo lab, which was a, a mastermind kind of deal. But it was only, <laughs> excuse me, it was only after my audience told me that they wanted that. You know what I mean? I didn't go into it with like, oh, I'm going to do this thing and then have a mastermind. I didn't think I knew it. But once I had the conversations with people, I'm like, man, I, I know more about this than I thought I did. You know what I mean? That makes, that makes so much sense. Um, you know, the, your, your audience will tell you, yeah. you know, what it is that they want. So, so right. true. And it's, yeah, I, I want to see like in your world, don't you see that there are certain trends of how you do marketing? Like right now, if I had to say, what's the, what's the number one trend that, that taps into your particular skill set that maybe didn't three years ago? Hands down, retargeting. Interesting. Do you don't know anything about that? The way people retarget, the retargeting aspect today was something that, you know, Amazon would, was, has been doing. You know, you go, you click on a product, you see it everywhere you go. Right. But traditional advertisers and marketers like you and me, we knew about it, but the way, I mean, you hit this, someone's putting this in front of you, you do this, then you're seeing something else. Right. I mean, it's a big part of marketing. And, um, you know, I love it because, you know, it's another step that gives me an advantage over other online marketers. Cause there are people mm -hmm. that are getting started that are just looking to set up that first ad. Right. So that's not good news to someone that's really trying to get to the advanced levels because now there's something else. But that's what makes marketing 
great is that there's always these new things. But I would definitely say retargeting is the thing that's totally different. It's the, it's the hot trend right now. It's the hot trend and it's what's really needed to monetize. And uh, how do you go about when you realize that, you know, by the way, this is your, I'm a, this is your question, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing so it. Good. I was, I was doing you're cheating. it. You're cheating. I, was, I know we're friends, but you're cheating. I just want to let you know, everyone that's watching Mike's cheating. He's trying to squeeze in more questions. So you get one, you only get one question and then I go two, and you get one. But you realize cool. that, that I'll let it slide because we're boys, but go ahead. You realize that I'm such a pro that I was trying to weave <laughs> it in effortlessly that they didn't even realize that it was my turn. And then you just called it out. What are you doing? Hey, I got well, a amateur, gotta, amateur hour. Anyway. Um, and you made me lose the, the great follow-up I had, which was, um, oh yeah. So when you discover that, when you discover that retargeting is the thing, what's your personal, uh, like how do you, how are you, how is Vince in the lab learning about retargeting so that you can go and share that with someone? Well, you know, first off, social media in general is interruption marketing. You putting up an ad on Facebook is no different than you driving down the street seeing that billboard. I guess there is, a major, there is a major difference. The major difference is when you're driving down the street, anybody can see that billboard, right? It might take 100,000 cars before somebody looks up and says, oh, I want to go to that um, concert. Right. Facebook, it's interruption marketing, but it says, hey, no one can keep driving unless you're 25 to 64 and you like rock music. Right. And then you put that interruption in there right in front of them. So they create filters. So with that being said, the reason retargeting is so powerful is because even though someone sees you and they're getting advertised to all day long, I mean, if you could imagine how many different ads you see, you probably wouldn't even realize it if someone told you. The key to it is by putting something different in front of them. So imagine that same scenario, you're driving down the street and you see that concert, but the next time you drive down the street, the billboard starts talking to you like, hey, I know that you saw this billboard right. yesterday. And guess what? I'm going to be performing your favorite song. You better get your ticket right now. Sure. And the next time you drive, it's them and they're doing something else. And they're talking to you. Oh, yeah, okay, I better go get this ticket. Okay. Right. That's the difference. That's what retargeting does. It allows you to kind of like the guy is kind of looking at you and he's like, okay, I kind of know what this guy's all about. And then, okay, I want to be around this person. And that's why retargeting is, in my opinion, a skill set that I think a lot of marketers who struggle with advertising should really learn how to do immediately. Well, you can't evade my question, though. My question was, how did you learn specifically about retargeting? Like, what was your protocol for becoming an expert on it? I think that for me, one of the things that I like to do is I, I, I go back and I say, what are the things that attracted me to other people? And I felt like the best marketers, because I'm a marketer, I've been doing this full time since 2008, eat, sleep, breathe, lead generation and traffic. That's all I do. I'm in ads managers accounts 24-7 setting up ads. So for me, as I'm setting up an ad and I'm clicking on other marketers and I'm seeing them retarget me and doing certain things, it's one of those things you just kind of notice and you, you mirror. I mean, you know, you know what they say, you know, you mirror people who are doing the things that, that you want. So for me, I started seeing a lot of the larger companies. I like to follow the big companies, the right. apples, the like, right, 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 right. see how they're advertising. Sure. Cause they've right got million this, dollar right. budgets exactly. and yeah, skill exactly. sets. So I don't really, I mean, I, I follow, of everyday solopreneurs and see what they're doing. But for me, I'll go click on like the major brands sure. and see what they're doing. And I started seeing them like, you know, I click on their ad on Facebook, then I see them on another website. Like, how are they doing that? That makes sense. So what would you do? How would you de deconstruct it? 
Like, just let's say you saw of, an ad from Apple. So how, how would you, the you'd first, go, all the right. first step, I'm going to say, well, how do they do that? And I'm going to click on normally. There's ways to kind of go through and click on it and see where that ad's being is streaming or just figure out the overall concept. So, for example, with Facebook, I know that I can set up pixels and I can retarget people. So I just go do that. It may not be the exact way they're doing it. Maybe, yeah, they're, yeah. Using a, maybe they're using a media buy company and they're just they, that has data on every one of us and they're using that type of service. But it's more about the premise and the concept of how they're actually doing it is what I look for. Right. Cool. So absolutely. Cool. All right. I'm not letting you cheat anymore. It's my turn. See this guy? That's a pro right there, guys. I weaved it in, man. <laughs> I don't need a, a green light to say what's your time for a question. Awesome, man. So how do you leverage? I mean, you've got, you've interviewed amazing entrepreneurs and how, how would like, so how would you start to tell a person that wants to start getting higher caliber people on their podcast or interview people who um, they would otherwise think isn't possible? What are some of the tips that you would tell them to, to do that? Conferences. So last year I was at this place, uh, this conference called Amplify in Vegas. And um, a friend of mine sort of tried to introduce me to somebody and it was such a poor introduction. It was just kind of like, it'd be like me walking with you and then we're walking with like Tony Robbins and me, me just, and I'm friends with Tony Robbins or something and me just going, yeah, that's my friend Vince. And that was it. And you'd be like, really? That's how you're going to introduce me? That's, that's what it is? And I realized that most people at those events don't know how to properly conference. And why it matters is if I go back and trace not only like my top guests, but really some of my closest friends, it's because of conferences. It's because I went to a conference and was either introduced to someone or I was um, around, you know, we were at the we're all having a drink at the bar at, at one in the morning or something and you're sharing a story. And then you go, I mean, look, I mean, I, I was the MC of thrive last year and you know, I got to uh, James Altucher was there. I was like, Hey man, can you mind if I interview you? He came to my studio the next day. It was all conferences. So um, fortunately for you and everybody, <coughs> excuse me, everybody listening, I have a free course called conference topia that teaches people how to conference better. Um, and you can get that at conferencetopia.com plug. Um, but it is literally, the kind of thing, I'll, I'll give you Adam Carolla as an example. So I'm a car guy. If you looked over here, I, would, I have all these little Porsche models sitting in a case right here. And then I have a car that's 10 feet below me. Um, and I know that Adam Carolla is a big car guy and a racer. And I, um, there was an event here called um, the Coronado Speed Festival that happens on the Air Force Base every year. And I was just like, I want to talk to Adam Carolla. I want to interview him. How do I do that? Well, first, I got to get to where he is. And I tried it at Long Beach, and, and I wasn't able to get close enough to him. And then I went to the Coronado Speed Festival, and there he was. And there's, he's, I mean, there was no barriers. He's just a car guy at that point. So I actually got into a conversation, and this is a great tip. Third-party intro always works better than a cold walk-up, always. So what I did is I saw that one of his guys and his thing was wearing a – Philadelphia Flyers hat. I'm from Philly. So I started talking Flyers and we got into this and we started chatting for 20 minutes or so. And I said, Hey man, would you mind uh, giving me a quick intro to Adam? I would love to have him on my show if he's down. He's like, yeah, totally man. Walks up. He's like, Hey, this is Michael O'Neill. He's got a great business show called the Solopreneur Hour. I uh, would love to, to have you on the show. And he goes, how long is the show? And I was like, well, it's like an hour. He goes, how about 25 minutes? And I was like, fine. 
And so we booked it and we ended up doing, he, he was great and he just kept talking. So we ended up doing 45 minutes on it. And I've since followed up with him, <laughs> excuse me, and had other conversations with him. But none of that would have happened if I didn't show up to where he was. So you got to show up to where they are. And that's really, Man, if, that's if you so can go weird. to one conference per quarter, that's my, that's my minimum for anybody that's trying to be an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, or anything like that, doing their own thing. Uh, one conference per quarter to me is the minimum. Dude, that's awesome, man. So much good stuff. So because it's so good, you have another one for me before I go over these notes, because these notes are, are awesome. I want to, I want to get to those. Yeah. Um, let's see. So you didn't, I wasn't prepared for everything. It was all about the flow. That's the beauty of the battle mastermind. Um, no, no preparation. So you've put on your own events now, uh, at least once, right? No, Haven't got, you done a couple? Our fourth one fourth? Jeez. Yep, and so live. it's weird because I've never gotten invited to speak anyway. So I don't, I don't have them in my head. That's cool. Anyway, um, so. Um, the invites right now. Honestly, I was so, actually thinking about it. Would you like to speak at Internet Traffic Live for? No, I'm too busy. Month. I'm too busy. <laughs> um, so. See you guys. Uh, see, what you, see how your friends treat you? Anyways, go ahead. Anyway, um, <laughs> do you think that right now live events are kind of part of the hot hand, like people doing weekend workshops and yours are big, like yours is, a, yours is a big event, but what about a smaller event? What if someone's kind of a, you know, they've got a decent business going, they've got a decent following. What do you think about a, a weekend event and how would you structure it? I love live events. They're very stressful for the person putting on the event. And it's so fun. I mean, you sat here and you talked about live events and I'm always preaching live events. We met at a live event. We see each other every year at live events. And that's what's really formulated our friendship. Um, so that's why I love them. So for that reason alone, anyone watching, that's why you should do them because of the relationships that you build. But um, one thing that we're trying to do are like one day events. Right. Take me through the structure of a one day. Right. So a one day, I mean, you would structure it very similar to you would do as you would do a two day event. But the beautiful thing is you can kind of plug, you can do a lot more in one day. You, you get your... Uh, people that you want there to share and you, you just break down the time slots and it's but the cool part about it is no one even has to depending on where you have it and how many people you have if it's a smaller event people don't even have to book a room so all you need is really the place where you're going to do the event and you have the time slot set people can fly in for that day and if they want to stay they can or they can drive in and they can leave or whatever so it's a lot oh, easier like they, they have their own kind of hot seat time slot is what you're saying are you talking about the speaker or the person coming to me so i'm saying like if we did let's say a, a one-day mastermind okay and i don't know tw 20 people maybe right. that are invited to it how would you right. structure that yeah like I would what, structure what would the cost be and and you know i mean it depends if it, it depends is it like a high-end mastermind or is it just kind of like a mixer so i'll give you an example we i've been invited to a couple like masterminds where it was like private invite only and you had to have a business that was doing like a million dollars or more to even get invited if it's something like that i mean typically 500 or a thousand bucks people aren't going to even you know think about it and you're going to get a bunch of high level individuals into one room and then you're going to just schedule out you have a couple speakers and it has to be for those that have to be very focused it can't be like i'm going to teach you entrepreneurship like it would better it'd be better off like for example um how to create niche or niche i say niche you say niche um podcast i say it the correct way but go right ahead. <laughs> however you want to do it but you know you can do it and teach that specifically right to a small right, right, group right. That, those would work better for a small group 
But if it's going to be a big, broad type thing, one day is going to be hard. So for example, we're doing one, but it's going to be an online workshop um, for one day on a Saturday. And it's going to be all about Facebook pixels and retargeting, what we mm. talked about. So like on Zoom or something. On, yeah, it'll be a webinar on Zoom. I'll have the speakers come in. They'll present like you, you could come on. You present cool. right now. They jump off. And it's the same type of thing. So we like that model as well. So we're actually incorporating a lot of one-day events. And then we have just the one big event um, that we do each and every year. So I like that. That's cool. So then, they, then they're there. And, you know, you, I mean, the ones that I've done, you pick a venue. You know, Airbnb, actually, we've used a couple of times for a really nice mm-hmm. venue. We did, John Lee Dumas and I did one in Venice at this killer loft in Venice and we had 20 people come and it was, it was called pod mastery. So it was really how to be a pro at podcasting. And you see how you didn't invite me guys anyways. Yeah. It was for, it was for pros. Um, and, (laughs) uh, and so we, um, but it was a thousand bucks. We did, uh, 20 people. We bought lunch and dinner and, you know, cocktails and things afterwards. And we had a blast. Like it was a really great, uh, it was a really great day that people got a ton of value. Out. And I bet those relationships are probably stronger than the big events that you go to. Just those 20 people that were there. For I'm sure. Curious. And I have some of them in my private coaching group now that, that went from Podmas. Like, so That's there was, awesome. they, those smaller events, um, I think are not only great for the, the one day, but for, you know, long-term, if you want to bring people into your bigger groups and, you know, if they resonate, some people might resonate with you and how you teach more than they resonate with me and how I teach, which is why I think there's plenty of room for that in the space. Awesome. All right. So let me get to these notes and then we'll get to where they can connect with you and all that good stuff. So, you know, in 2008, you went through hardship, you know, lost your, uh, you know, it sounds like both parents. Um, yeah. Man, that's, that's, that's amazing that you're the person you are today, but clearly they've uh, done a good job with you, man. So, you know, they'd be proud. So, uh, let's see, you got into network marketing, had a lot of success, and, uh, you know, you basically did a guest kind of episode on a podcast, and people said, hey, you should do that. Yeah. You had a lunch with Pat Flynn, and uh, that kind of sparked your podcast journey. Um, we talked about, I asked you a question on how do you get, you know, people who you otherwise would think aren't possible on your show Oh, no, actually, I asked you, what are some of the things you learned from some of the in- people you've interviewed? And you said that they say yes, and they figure out the rest later. And you said something, 90% of people, 90% of the things you worry about are, are things that, w- of what, 90% of your life is what happens, 10% of how you respond to it. Uh, right, let's right. see. Can, um, didn't they just listen to all this stuff? Yeah, but you know, they can't, they aren't good note takers <laughs> like me, right? Well, be thinking, pause it and rewind it. <laughs> yeah, right. We got we to we lay it out for them. Okay. Now, let's see, make a positive decision. You got to make that decision. Then we talked about monetization, right? Create um, a good product, uh, a good entertaining product first before you start thinking about monetization. Uh, let's see. Can I, can I supplement that really sure. quick for something ahead. I just thought of? Absolutely. Think about, Vince, think about your favorite. This is where people don't understand the entertainment piece. They think that everything needs to be actionable content all the time. And I go, think about your favorite teachers you've ever had in your life. Was it because they were better data givers or is it because they were fun and entertaining? They were always fun and entertaining. They wrapped the lessons in stories. They're in, you're a personality. You're on a microphone. You're on a camera. You got to be a personality. You got to be entertaining first. Then worry about the data. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you said uh, create niche niche. Say oh, it the look correct at you. Way. Look at we, what we're learning. Shows. I'm saying niche. They create niche-based shows. <laughs> we had you. We had them for a minute, you guys. Uh, location-based shows, which I would thought, honestly, I've asked this question to a bunch of people, and I'll be honest, this was, your answer for this was the best I've ever seen. Mm. 
um, beginner. Not if I had a nickel. Yeah, from, I'm telling you, man. Um, multiple shows, if it is possible. I think people think about that. Like for me, I mean, it makes me think all the different things I teach. There could be little podcasts based on that specific traffic strategy. Totally. It'd be crazy. Never mind the fact that when it's something you love, like I love the audio thing. And to me, the, the brown Santa shows up every week. That's the UPS guy. Shows up every week and brings me gear. Like I have all kinds of headphones and speakers and amplifiers just showing up at my house so I can review them for the beginner audio file show. And that yeah, that's is cool. even more fun for me. Yeah, you definitely talked about that. Make sure the, begin, the beginner audio file, for those of you who want to learn about all that techie stuff. Yeah, it's not techie. Out. It's not techie. It's, old, it's very it? old school. Old school? It's very okay. old. It's, it's, a, it's, you know, like listening to a record. It's not and very then, techie. And then you talked about the different ways. A lot of people automatically think advertising, but the, your audience will let you know what it is that they want to buy from you. So from yeah. products, coaching, masterminds, he's doing all of the above and he's crushing it. Then we talked a little bit about live events, the one day um, event. Uh, let's see. He said something very important. Get to events. Yeah to find the guest, which I don't even realize why well, I don't even think that way. I go to network and hang out, but I never have, I don't know if I've ever thought, let me get different people at these live events to the show. I'm definitely gonna do that. Conference with intention. Absolutely, and that's how you can connect. You're literally a few steps away from your heroes, the people you wanna connect with, they're right there in front of you. So Physically. how are my notes? I thought they were great. That's a great summary of what we just talked about that we could have just rewound and listened to. And as I tell everybody, good. all the, do you know why I do this, man? I was such a bad student, you know, and I tell everyone, had I took notes like this, I might've done all right. So I think those out. are actually really, you really, well, two things. Number one, those were great notes. Number two, that was a great show. We did really well. <laughs> we did awesome. Now we can't leave without letting everyone know where they can find the Solopreneur Hour, all your products, services, all that good stuff. So where can we find you? Do you, do you know where that is yourself? Solopreneur Hour? Yeah, that's well, right. Do I know where it is? Yeah. Yeah, do absolutely. you know where to find me? I'd just call you on my phone. i just text well, you. Well, that's true. Well, not everyone's as fancy as you. All right, <laughs> well, so solohour.com, because no one can spell preneur. Okay. Um, solohour.com is where you can find that, and then I'm solohour on all the socials. Awesome. Yeah. So make sure you guys connect and follow them. Hey, it's been fun. You survived the battle mastermind. I think you beat me up. Dude, what are you talking about survived? I'm I feel the one like that I barely broke a sweat. I beat up everyone. You probably, you beat me up on this show. What's Just, up with was, that? Love. We're supposed to be teammates on the cornhole, man. I don't know about that. Beginner's luck. <laughs> awesome, man. I appreciate you. And honestly, I do would love to have you as a speaker. I think the pod, what you shared about the, the niche podcast, I think that'd be a great topic. People would want to learn more about. You guys heard guys it here first. Hold him. Hold him that. to the fire, you guys. You heard, you heard him say that. <laughs> We'll make it happen. All right, guys, that concludes another episode of the Battle Mastermind. Make sure you comment and share this with the ones that you love. Until, until next time, I'll see you on the internet. Later. Hey, what's going on? Vince Reed here. I know you got a ton of value from the content that I just shared with you, but I want to let you know that I have an additional bonus for you. How would you like to learn how to generate 2,100 quality leads for your business in less than 90 days and four lead generation and marketing strategies that you can use to actually get them? If so, go ahead and click on the link in the description of this video or visit ventry.com forward slash win. I'll see you there.